ministries. We're a, a church. We're affiliated with the Southern Baptist. But we call it the ministry because we enjoy doing various aspects. And the sheriff finally showed up. <coughs> Come on in, Jack.
So I had this long drawn out thing uh, about that pledge, but if you do get time, you should just Google it real quick and look at the things that were not in it, such as under God. Uh, they changed my flag to the flag, uh, and then they had to add in the United States of America because none of the stuff was copywritten when it was originally written. Two different individuals claimed to have written it, so y'all have to hash that out for yourself. Uh, anyway, the final version is what we just did, so um, it has extreme meanings and, uh, and deeper than, than what, what most of us will know. Uh, first off, I'd like to personally thank all of the first responders, veterans that are alive here today, and most uh, most of all, those wanting to pay the ultimate sacrifice and uh, cannot be with us here today. And, and uh, no way to really dig into that any deeper, but I would like to with the time that I have. I would like to read off a few names um, from local individuals. I try to keep it local here. Uh, some did die in action. Others have just passed that we'd like to recognize. Uh, the first name is uh, David Granberry. Some of y'all know they, they've uh, built, I believe it was a school after him. Uh, Charles Donald Betts, to my great friend, uh, Dad of uh, my bud back there, Mr. Betts, um, Adrian Anderson, Buster Coleman, Lawrence McCoy, Marshall Page. Those are just a few of the names, so just bear with me. I know there's more out there. We just didn't have time to put everything together uh, that we could uh, uh, just list everybody. I would like to recognize, uh, first and foremost, two Marines. David L. Reagan died while in Lebanon. First Marine died. Most people don't even know his name. I watched this kid when he was dead. So he paid the ultimate sacrifice to allow us to be here where we are. Uh, very first Marine died. The second Marine I served with, he was actually in my duty, he was second combat engineers. Uh, Rudy Hernandez died in the blast. And if you haven't read the history between that, there was enough explosive in that truck to just just tear up, which it did for lives. Um, he died actually in Germany one week later. Good friend of mine. Anyway, that's just a scratch on the surface. That's just two people I personally know. But you, last year you heard the hundreds of thousands that have gave that ultimate sacrifice so that we can be here today and enjoy what we have and to be able to, you know, honor our God, have a fellowship time, and enjoy ourselves. Um, I would like to make one more mention of my brother uh, for 39 and a half years, I guess you'd say, Marine Corps brother, retired gunnery sergeant, Lennon Wayne Lincoln Hoker. He brought me today. It's his, but I may not give it back to him. Actual volcanic ash slash sand from Iwo Jima. And for those of you that know the history, this comes from a Marine that is, in, it, he is dying now. He gave it to Leonard while he was up in Oklahoma City. He happened to bring it down, and I thought it'd be worthwhile to make mention of this. That's just a scratch the surface for the many, many uh, men and women that served our country and, and did a good job doing it. And um, I just, you know, Pray to God that we can get this back in our school and start his teaching history the way it used to be taught so that people will understand better why we have these freedoms. Uh, I was counting the number of countries I served in, and it's well over 10, and been hit, uh, just as Leonard has. And I promise you folks, it's not what you have here today. For all of your teenagers that believe it's like this across the world, you're living in the greatest country in the world. And we have to keep this country going. And if we don't teach our youngins about this flag, about what that picture represents, uh, the men and women, in some cases, mothers and fathers have passed and had to have that flag delivered to their children. No greater sacrifice at all. So uh, anyway, I've only got my time's up. I've already exceeded it. So uh, teach your children. Uh, if, if the schools aren't going to go back and teach the past 20 years, you tell them the sacrifice that these people made in order for us to have the freedoms we have here today. Amen.
Always a nagging question, why them and not me? Many who returned alive never got over that question. Never rid themselves of the guilt of seeing others they suddenly erupt, uh, they knew suddenly erupt into just so many body parts. Some, someone they admired suddenly ceased to exist, gone forever, unable to accept the fact that, that fate had dealt them a sparing hand. They re retreated into self-destructive behavior, going through jobs and relationships as if they were clean at. Convinced that they were unworthy of the luck of living, positive that it should have been them that died. People say they don't understand the reason that so many men and women came back messed up. They say we had wars before, and sure there were people of shell shock, but that was only the frontline troops. What they refuse to realize is the fact that in Vietnam there wasn't a front line. Your life was in jeopardy from the moment you entered Vietnam airspace until the moment you left. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there was a possibility that your breath that you were taking would be your last, no matter where you were. Even in Saigon, one of the safest places, people lost their lives walking along the street at just the wrong moment. A bomb would rock the windows and someone would fall. A motorcycle would pass and a gun would flash in the sunlight and a life would end. Someone's son or daughter, someone's father or mother or spouse would be taken from their loving family. No place was safe, not for a second. Another reason that so many returning lives were ruined was the attitude of some of the good citizens of this great country of ours. These wonderful people, these good Christian folks who spat on returning servicemen and women, called them baby killers and other vile names. These good Americans would not give them the time of day, much less the job or respect they deserve. The look of disgust, as if an incurable disease could be caught from them, a look of, how dare you even breathe the same air I do. I have been on the receiving end of the sum of these looks, seeing the contempt in their eyes that were probably compassionate to others, being on the receiving end of spit hurled in my direction along with words that were unjustified. Felt a nose or two crushed beneath, beneath a fist propelled by rage, experienced the frustration of knowing that I was basically a good person being judged because of unfounded perceptions. And when the bottom was thought to be reached, that nothing else could happen, could be possibly any worse, the cowards that ran off to Canada were allowed to return as conquering heroes. How many other wars can you think of where cowards, deserters to their country, were considered the good guys? That affected the ones of us who went to do our duty, no matter how we felt personally. The people hated us. The government betrayed us. We had no one else to turn to but ourselves. The survivors of this shameful time in our history, if you pushed a group of people in a corner and they have a common link, they were always banded together. It is a fact of life of survival. That is why no one wants to talk about it. If you have to ask them, you must be one of the others. If you were there, you didn't know. I love my country, and even at this present age, I would be one of the first to stand in its defense if needed, but there was a time I doubted my loyalty, doubted the reasoning behind letting a bunch of fools who had no possible concept of what was actually happening except that they were fed by the nightly news dictate policy. Doubt of ra rationality of defending a society that seems to be... Uh, seemed to be a mirror image of what you thought was good and right, where good was bad and left was right, stupid was smart and wrong was right, where people like Timothy Leary were placed in front of all the personification of the kind of strife of life to strive uh, to achieve. Why am I writing these words? Maybe to tell those that asked what Vietnam was like the answer to the question. More likely it is a relief myself of the bond within me that has festered all these years. Maybe if I put it down on paper, it will purge my soul and I can live again. Not merely survive. Maybe I can forgive myself, but not dying 
in their God-forsaken country. Maybe I can let go of the contempt that I have for those that look the other road to be right. I know I will never get back the things that were taken from me, the innocence of youth, the feeling of being invincible that an 18-year-old has, the security of knowing that the biggest problem in life is whether a girl will turn you down for a day. We came back cynical, distrustful, worried of things that we used to take for granted. I may never fully re recover from any of these, but I have to try. Recent events in my life have shown me that I am worthy to be alive, worthy of not just existing. I have a responsibility to myself to laugh, to smile, to experience all that I can. For me, no one else, and if, if I do enjoy my life, I don't feel guilty about it. For every second that I am happy is one second of happiness lost, and I can blame no one but myself for losing it. Donald Henry Collins. Folks, we honor those who have died, but today I want to honor those who survived. Sometimes people think that survival was the ultimate victory, but many times these young men and women were forced to bear these scars for years and years. And I remember growing up as a young boy watching this happen in unbelief because I was raised here in Naples and Omaha. And I couldn't imagine people not honoring the troops that went. I couldn't imagine the protests we watch on TV every night. Because when I looked at the soldiers, I saw bravery. I saw honesty. I saw patriotism. I saw a love for a nation. And I was proud of it. And I... It was over by the time I got out of high school. But I know in the eighth grade when we graduated, we were asked what we were going to do. We said go to Vietnam because that's what everybody did. And it ended the year before we graduated. And we were blessed not to have to go. But I know even in my class there were men that were affected because when they thought about military service, all they could think about was what they witnessed this nation do to the ones who had served. And most of them didn't want to put yourself through that. Today we honor the living as well as the dead. Jack Martin and all his deputies and other associated members of the Sheriff's Department, please stand. Come on, Jack. All of you. Tuesday 
Armour Garcia. And Eva Morales. Two teachers. Who stood between a gunman. And their children. They paid the price. I wish they would teach you. And I hope and pray they all that way. And have that kind of love for their kids. I watched my grandson graduate from kindergarten this week. And I saw teachers that only had these kids for nine months crying as they were moving on. That's the kind of teachers we need. These two ladies did all they could beyond the call of duty to respond to those. Larry is going to play taps for all these who passed away. And I'm going to ask you to listen to this beautiful song. It is played over those who've passed on. So just quietly listen as he does this. here, all the visitors, glad to have you all, hope you, hope you come back to see us, when I said we was moving slow, I'm the main one, I am moving slow, I got a bad foot, uh, but we're going to start it off this morning with uh, Chuck and uh, our neighbor, Lisa, I'm going to do a special for us this morning, and uh, then we're going to have a special by... And then we'll do some patriotic songs for you. So I will let them have it. So <laughs> 
This one is God Bless America again.
and all those who believe in him and trust in him receive eternal life. And they were considered friends. And the freedom that comes with that begins from the day you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have a peace, a freedom from sin, you're free from the judgment of sin, and then you're free to fellowship with God and to learn and grow with Him. And that should be what all of us should want. If this nation's ever going to turn from the wicked ways, they're going to have to turn to the Lord first. And the tragedy we saw this week was not just from evil, but it was from an evil young man who did not understand the sacrifice God has made for him. Because we've taken God out of everything. We've taken him out of our lives. We take him out of the school. We try to take him out of our government. Every law that's been passed will never keep that from happening as long as men and women reject Jesus Christ. All the gun laws in the world will change that. All the police officers on the campuses will not stop killing. That's just a politician trying to promote power and authority. But the, the real cause should be from a politician. We need revival. We need revival. And the freedom for people to not believe is kept in this nation because of the men and women who die and who fight for that freedom. Even though they don't believe in it, they fight that the people can be critical of them. Police officers respond on a daily basis to save lives, not knowing the situation and knowing many times people are going to hate them when they get there. Firefighters, they don't judge what house they're going to put out and what grass fire they're going to put out based upon who lives there. Although we've been accused of that a few times. They rush as quickly as they can. They give up their jobs or wherever they are and drive miles sometimes to get to the scene just so somebody can be ticked off at them and cuss them out because it took them so long. They fundraise and raise money and commit to training and they do it all for free. 80% of every firefighter in the state of Texas is a volunteer. 80%. People lay their life on the line every day for us and the very least we can do is honor them today with a fish fry and a pat on the back. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you. But find one somewhere and get into a relationship with Jesus Christ and begin to pray for your community. You think Omaha is spared? Just this week, I was told of a man who drove up from another town 70 miles away with a possibility of trying to kill your children at a graduation just this week. And I don't know if we're to advertise that or not, but thank God we had police officers to go there. We had individuals at the school stop it before it happened. We are not immune from evil. And I know in Dangerfield they had an incident. My daughter teaches in Hart's Bluff. They had police officers at Hart's Bluff this week. And those are just the schools I know about. We can't do much about the world, but we can do something about this community. Amen. And you can do that by getting on your face and praying to the Lord, getting your life right and then helping others to get their life right. And then we can turn this, this area around. And if everybody do it, then we can turn the nation around. Military veterans, don't you stand up. Families, military veterans and families, stand up.
grateful to you. Thankful for our God. Mike, y'all get your families and y'all go. Next in line.